We're about halfway through our month retreat together. Just reflecting on the impact that that thought has. thought my condition, oh my gosh, half's gone. I've got to really, I've got to really get myself into gear. Or my condition, only half more to go. Just whatever. Noticing that thought, how that thought appears and fades. There's been a lot of uh, good work, collective encouragement of each other to... use this uh, consecrated space for the sake of uh, honoring the moment, honoring the potentiality, the pregnancy, the depth of this moment to reveal our nature with the accumulated composure, even when we don't uh, feel like we're composed. As Tanisra was mentioning the other day, we, we actually have a, a momentum of gatheredness. One of my favorite uh, jobs in in Thailand was uh, sweeping the Dharma Hall, these big Dharma Halls, and they had these lovely soft brooms where you could uh, quietly sweep from one end to the other. But if you're looking as you're sweeping, there doesn't seem to be anything happening, but this little, little pile of dust starts to accumulate, and you can see it. As we get more composed and sensitive, then we're aware of the slightest resistance, trajectory that takes us away from the moment to, to some place we're, we're, we're getting to. And it's magnified because we're, we're present, we're still, we're relatively still, we, we notice But it's like if you're sweeping up the Dharma Hall, you know, one 
looks at the pile. Oh, God, the Dharma hall's dirty. The Dharma hall's dirty. Because you're looking at the pile and haven't looked at the whole expanse of what has been swept. Sometimes when when we're noticing, more sensitive to the dukkha, the unsatisfactoriness, the resistance, the proliferating tendency of the mind. It, it seems quite powerful, but we haven't necessarily recognized how relatively composed we are. But work has been done. This has been good. And, and in this heart of the retreat, it's giving ourselves the opportunity to Contemplate the subtle. For the next few weeks, we're also going to be more consciously bringing into our reflections the uh, Kuan Yin Dharmas, some of the teachings from the Mahayana texts as taught to us and transmitted by uh, Master Xinhua, the uh, great Chinese uh, Chan tradition. The Pali word for the depth of concentration or meditation is jhana. Jhana means plugged in. Rooted, sometimes translated as absorbed. In Sanskrit, that word is dhyana. Dhyana. That became the word zen, or in Chinese, chan. where there's all different sorts of samadhis or concentrations around objects, like we've been working a lot with the being with the breathing through the Anapanasati Sutta, which is profound. One can use the notion of not fighting, of allowing, of welcoming, like metta, to compose the mind. But in Chan... The samadhi that is not using an object. The mind is returning to its own nature. What in the Sharangama Sutra, a great Mahayana text where Avalokiteshvara figures prominently, or Kuan Yin Bodhisattva figures prominently. We'll look at this text more as we go along. But in this text, the the Buddha is is trying to find a meditation method to help his beloved nephew, Ananda, the great attendant, with awesome memory, profound study, listened to and remembered everything the Buddha said, but who had gotten into some trouble. 
the Buddha wanted to find a method to help him be awakened. And in the process, and that's what the Sharangama Sutra is about, 25 great saints, great uh, arahats, great bodhisattvas all talked about their method of breaking through, of awakening. And the Buddha appointed Manjushri, the great bodhisattva of wisdom, to, to choose one for Ananda. That would be good for Ananda and also good for the later generations. That's us. In what's called the Dharma ending age, when the Dharma is not so strong, when the forces of delusions are really increasing, when the dispensation is in danger of dissolving. The Dhamma is always here. The true nature is always here. It's like the water is in the ground. But our access to it depends. And, and the, the manifestation of the Buddha's teachings in the world, we still are so fortunate that we have access to them, but there will come a time when those teachings fade out or forgotten, or so distorted. The true nature is still always here, but the expression in the world, the understanding in the world, the clear gateways into the Dharma manifesting in the world, dissolve. So in this teaching, the Manjushri is listening to all these different methods and choosing one for Ananda, but also one that would be useful in these later times. Would be efficacious. The 25th sage was Avalokiteshvara, or Kuan Yin. Avalokita means to regard or listen. Savara means sounds. The one who listens to the sounds. Translated into Chinese as guan, to listen, yin, sounds. Or sometimes guan, sure, yin, listens to the sounds of the world. Avalokita also means ease. So sometimes it's translated as listening to the sounds of the world at ease. And the 25th sage who shared their method of enlightenment was Guan Yin. And her method was to listen to the sounds purely, to return the hearing rather than chasing sounds or fighting and running away from sounds, but to listen deeply, listen in to the true nature. It's called returning the hearing. Manjushri uh, chose that method. I mean, all the methods are great, but chose that method. And then it was revealed that uh, all the Buddhas had used this method, or at least Manjushri himself had used this method. Sharangama means ultimately durable or indestructible. What's the indestructible samadhi? A breath comes and goes. A day appears and dissolves. 
in the indestructible samadhi, the mind is turning directly to the the fundamental principle, that which is, that which is not coming and going. In Theravada, we've already touched on this, in Theravada, the language for this is turning the mind to the deathless. Turning the mind to the deathless. An introduction to Chan, or what gives one a feeling about it, was introduced by uh, one of the earlier sages who talked about his method. His name was Kandanyo. He's a familiar figure to, to the Theravadans. Remembering the Buddha's first discourse on the four noble truths, at the end of the discourse the Buddha Proclaimed, oh, Kundanyo knows, Kundanyo knows. And you think, wow, better get my notebook out. What does he know? He knows that all that arises ceases. His Dharma eye is opened. It means he had entered the stream, he had tasted Nibbana. What in the Sharangama Sutra? Kandanyo tells a little more about what happened. He gives an image, an image that, a concept that helped him. This is from the Sharangama Sutra. Kandanyo arose and said to the Buddha, of the elders now present in the great assembly, Only I received the name understanding because I was enlightened to the meaning of the concept or word guest dust. And I realized the fruit. World-honored one, it is like a traveler who stops as a guest at a roadside inn, perhaps for the night or perhaps for a meal. When he has finished lodging there, or when the meal is finished, he packs his bag and sets out again. He does not remain there at leisure. The host himself, however, does not go far away. Considering it this way, the one who does not remain is called the guest. And the one who does remain is called the host. The word guest then means one who does not remain. Again, when the sky clears up, the morning sun rises with all resplendence and its golden rays stream into a house through a crevice to reveal particles of dust in the air. The dust dances in the rays of light, but the empty space is motionless. Considering it this way, what is clear and still is called space. What moves is called dust. The word dust then means that which moves. Guess dust. The guess, the one that does not remain. The dust, that which moves. The dust is dancing, but the 
stillness of the space remains untroubled. Sounds, sensations, the dawn and the dusk are like guests coming and going. Moods, perceptions, a whole stream like dancing dust particles touch consciousness, but what remains? Is there a a listening, a stillness, a clarity? Listening in. In our practice, mindful of the experience This is using what's called prajna paramita. Prajna is the Sanskrit word for panya, the Pali word for wisdom. That clear knowing, clear seeing, paramita. It's the Sanskrit and Pali word for the virtue, quality of the heart that carries us across to the goal. And yet rather than carrying us, uh, the usual image is carrying us across to the, across the troubled river of birth and death from the dangerous side to safety on the other shore. That's the typical image, paramita, to carry across. In this sense, the, the crossing is home, is carrying us home because we've been addicted mesmerized, enchanted by these things we take to be me and mine, these dharmas, these forms, these bodies, these possessions, these circumstances, this power, this position, these moods of feeling successful or feeling like an abject failure. That is me, seems so much like me. Those feeling tones, moods, forms, when there's a, what's called upadana, when there's a leaning on those conditions, then there is bhava. It's, it's, a, it's a becoming, it's like swallowing something, taking something and swallowing it, then it's part of me. Jati, that's birth. These are the dependent origination. This is how it happens. Then we, this birth though is dependent on this seeming solidity because we've taken it to be true. This feeling of happiness, or this pain of suffering, or this praise, or this sense of confidence. Oh, golly, dog, it took me long enough, but I broke through. Praise the Lord. I'm writing that down in the diary. (laughs) Turn the corner. There it is. I can see it. Yeah, it was October 15th. It was a hell of a battle, but... (laughs) 
I put my head down and I tell you what, it broke. <laughs> it broke through October 15th, 2019. And, oh God, but what about that other time I broke through? I was sure I'd broken through. And then she got in my way and then I forgot where I was. And Oh God. It's bumpy because then we, we, we take the confidence and then it turns to doubt. Take the happiness and then it turns to kind of something fuzzier. God, it was so clear this morning. I knew I shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> but panya, prajna, the wisdom, seeing that changing nature, that it's changing, unsatisfactory, it, 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 if we cling to it, then it's gone. So it's anatta. It doesn't belong to me. Anatta. It's not what we, it's not a substantial, separative, real thing that is me. Seems to be, but it's emptied. And so in this contemplation, we honor the changing, empty nature. But our vision is starting to widen and starting to notice the matrix, the ground. It's, a, it's a, an enchantment that, that believes in the substantiality. Like, you know, this is a good talk or a terrible talk. Good talk. But then it, that word phrases. I've heard this a hundred million times. They need a new... They need a retreat. Get something fresh going. I'm just saying. I'm not being critical. (laughs) And then they hear. They just need something fresh going. It sounds and dissolves. I'm, I'm not being critical. Sounds and dissolves. But really, sounds and dissolves. And the, the vision that starts to notice ground and matrix, notice it appears and dissolves in what remains. What do you mean, what remains? I mean, hear that. What do you mean, what remains? Can we hear that voice? What do you mean? Don't try to brush me off. I'm here, darn it. I'm here. As space is to form. And silence is to sound. So is awareness. to all phenomena, all experience, as space is to form. We get so fixated on who's here, where are they? I don't think they're really on retreat. They say they're on retreat, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're doing. Or who's here, are we looking? But there is no form without space. 
We come, we go. The empty space, fundamental. Oh, there's no form. Master Wa, it's just an analogy, but as Master Wa would say, when, when you go into here sometimes, you looking and you think, wow, it's empty. Wonderful. I'm going to... I'm going to break through. Then you notice someone in the corner. Oh, God. Did they destroy the emptiness? They occupy the emptiness. Form and then it's gone, but the empty nature, the full nature of the heart is. Sounds, sensations, experiences manifest in the empty, luminous knowingness of the heart appear and dissolve as silence is the sound we're so enchanted by the sounds outer sounds and inner sounds is it praising is it critical didn't they notice me oh god they did notice me I want to disappear these sounds but there is no sound without silence as silence is to sound the sounds as we deepen our listening listening into sensations listening into sounds and thoughts and moods The sounds are guests, but doesn't the silent listening remain? When a sound finishes, do we keel over? When a thought finishes? What is right after this thought? Have we ever noticed the spaces between thoughts? Do the sounds destroy the silence, the living silence, the knowing, listening silence? Or does that knowing, listening silence always there? I remember when the first time our Western abbot, our dear teacher, Achan Sumeto, we left Thailand and were starting the monastery in West Sussex in the UK, Forest Monastery, our early winter retreats. He was encouraging us to mind 
the gap. Those of you who've been to London know that when you go to the underground, there's always warnings, signs and on the loudspeaker, a voice. As I remember, it was a woman's voice. Because when the train comes, there's a little gap between the platform and the train. And lo and behold, you don't want to fall in that, that place. So you see a sign and then there's this mind the gap. Mind the gap. And that's a, an unusual usage of the English word mind. Usually we think of mind as hmm, thinking about this and thinking about that, and my opinions and your opinions. But to mind the gap is a deeper use, old use of the word, which means to be aware of. Mind how you go. Mind the gap. But Rajan Samaira wanted us to plunge into the gap. Listen into the gap. We're not trying to destroy thoughts. Thoughts are what they are, but we're so dependent on And because thoughts get tinged with ignorance, they then become papancha sanya sankha. Sanya, a kind of perception. Sankha, a a form, a pattern. Papancha, a perception, pattern, concept that then because of its unconsciously accepted solidity, then papanja, it just proliferates. Like this little harmless thought, I, me, it's harmless. And I is the shortest line you can make in English. Just a little tiny boop. But that I, when it's painted, Tainted, brushed with an assumption, yeah, there is a, a me in here, then suddenly you get a you. I, in here, out there. Subject, object. Then you get two, four, hundred. Whoosh. So as we start to listen into thoughts and as we start to notice their changing nature, whoa, it's important. Even if you feel like it's all a lost cause, well, I'm not getting anywhere. Just that much. Don't you go try to cheer me up, Kitty Zorro. I know that trick. I'm not getting anywhere. Play it in the heart. I'm not getting anywhere. It dissolves. But it's the truth. The Buddha described it in the Shrangama Sutra. When we take that thought and take it to be the truth, this is what that's like. 
it's like ignoring hundreds of thousands of clear, pure seas or oceans and taking notice of only a single bubble, seeing it as the entire ocean. Taking a bubble to be the entire ocean. I'm not getting anywhere. It's so real. That's me, that's the world. We then can take our own life or somebody else's life. When we have moments of noticing it changing and pop, and especially with this sense that it's happening, this bubble is in an ocean, it's just water. I'm not getting anywhere. Pop. Returning the hearing, listening into the changing nature, and turning the mind to the deathless, the living silence. It's like space, it's not actually space, but it's the Buddha said our, our heart is, is space like. It's boundless. Minding the gap. Watching the ways in which we get so carried away with thoughts. And if thoughts come, just letting the thoughts be a thought storm. Like dust dancing. No matter how much the dust dances, it does not disturb the space. So no matter how crazy the mind gets, this samadhi is turning the heart to also notice, letting the leaves blow, the dust dance, the guests come and go, but getting a feeling for, resting in, turning the heart to that which is. By just listening into the ending of sound, the ending of thoughts. If you get to confused or just return to the body breathing but then let a thought any thought even if it's just in and out or a sacred word or a sacred phrase listen to that thought appear and then mind that gap recurring thoughts like if it's Kuan Yin's name or A word just reminds us we're here, but then notice that thought dissolve as we just listen into what remains. When we're ever walking outside, a great Burmese master used the rotating the senses. This is related to this. You might use just a word, but then that word just dissolves and it leaves awareness in its wake. 
it's not so complicated by just perpetual thinking. So when it says the, the word seeing, seeing, then let that word dissolve and then the whole visual field, we're just letting it come to us. Watch the tendency to want to say it's this, it's that. It's just enough for seeing and then that word dissolves and we're just letting the lights, the colors dance within the knowing nature. Then hearing. Hearing. The word dissolves and then we're just receiving all the sounds in silence. Then feeling, feeling, and all the sensations, the feeling tones, the mood, feeling tones. We're not getting into a story, just receiving them, dancing in that inner knowing. And finally, if we're, whatever posture we're in, if we're walking, just, just think walking. Walking. And then we're receiving those impressions that let us know we're walking. Feet touching ground. Just short words. It's called vitaka. It's guiding the mind, but we're letting it dissolve into silence and then just seeing. Hearing. feeling, whatever the posture is, walking or sitting, standing or lying down. And if we can even let go of that, if we get stiller and then it's just knowing all of this touches the place of knowing. the conditions dancing in the heart and resting in, getting a feeling for that, where all things merge, that ground of timeless ground of what's called the deathless, that which is. So some suggestions just for us to ponder, but to allow your heart to guide you in this practice. There's an intuitive wisdom that knows how to balance us. Let's enjoy this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.